Man, Pastor Ryan, you were right. It is kind of dead out there. Good morning. morning. (laughs) Hey, it's awesome to see you guys. It's awesome to be with you today in our recruited series. I'm super excited to be with you. Um, Today we're in 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, the title of my sermon today is Recruited to Lose. My big idea is that I, I see that in this passage, God is inviting us to be the biggest loser. Be the biggest loser. What do I mean by that? Through this passage, we're going to see that we're to follow the example of Christ in our workplaces and how Jesus humbled himself in times when he was reviled and rejected. I want to begin this morning with um, an introduction of myself. So my name is Josh Carpenter. I'm uh, the leadership resident here at Involved Church, and I'm involved with connections. So if you're new or you have any questions about how to connect with the church, how to get into a ministry or something like that, any questions at all, um, come see me and I'd love to help you with that. I want to bring you guys in a time machine with me this morning, okay? And you're going to come back with me about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, back to my very first trip overseas to India. Actually, not overseas, my very first trip to India in general. So went on this business trip to India, had to raise a bunch of support, had to um, spend a bunch of time preparing, you know, we'd go over there to India for the purpose of helping uh, Christian orphanages over there. So we'd find orphanages in India and just help them, like, building projects or, um, you know, like, doing, like, VBS-type stuff, things like that, right? So we go over there, we're helping this orphanage, and they ask us, do you want to go to another smaller orphanage, like, deep in, deeper into the jungle, and we're like, yeah, sure, we'd love to go help that orphanage. So we get on the bus and we go. And we're helping this orphanage, uh, meeting them, doing things with them. And then it came nighttime, right? And they took out this big white sheet and like with the backdrop of the canopy of the forest, right? They start this movie on a projector. And the movie they're going to watch with us that night and to kind of do something fun, right? It was none other than the American masterpiece, I'm sorry, not of Star Wars, um, but of Lord of the Rings, so we begin watching Lord of the Rings there in India, right? And uh, some of the household servants in this orphanage, they, they come out and they began handing out to our team these delicious bags of popcorn, like salty, buttery, man, you could smell just taste. It smelled awesome, right? So they're uh, handing this popcorn to the first person on the team, to the next person on the team, to the next, to the next, and not to me. And I'm thinking, whoa, dude, what gives that? You know, popcorn, like, smells really delicious, you know? And so they go on through the movie, and then they start passing out these delicious ice cream sundaes, bring them out in nice glass bowls with the hot fudge and the, and the whipped cream and the cherry on top, and they start passing them out to the team members, to the person on the end, to the next, to the next, to the next, and not to me. And by that time, like, I'm getting, like, a little bit, like, heated. I'm getting a little salty over the fact that I don't get, like, these goodies, right? And I remember my cousin, she's, like, sitting right next to me. And she's like, hey, I could, like, share my ice cream sundae with you if you want, you know? Excuse me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need no stinking ice cream sundae, blah, 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 you know? And I'm, like, getting kind of this attitude, right? And we're getting on the bus, and I'm telling my um, lovely wife, Laura, who is not um, my wife then. She was lovely, but not my wife then. <laughs> um, telling her, like, about this experience, you know, and kind of, like, complaining to her on the bus, right? And she, like, looks at me, and she's like, you know, everyone wants to volunteer to be a servant until you're treated like one. Everyone wants to volunteer to be a servant until you're treated like one. And that really hit me that Jesus 
came down to earth to be a servant, right? He came to seek and to save the lost, to serve rather than to be served. Jesus left his place in heaven to come down to earth to save lost sinners, to show grace. And was he mistreated? Yeah, very mistreated. To the point of dying on the cross, right? And his experience there. I fell at that time in India like the biggest loser. But you know what? I chose to go on that trip. I chose to earn that money. I chose to spend that time. And I chose to go there specifically to serve. This passage here, it's being written to servants, to slaves, if you will, to household slaves, perhaps your translation says. Uh, so will you turn with me to First uh, Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. So we learn how Jesus is calling us, teaching us in these verses to be the biggest loser. Verses 18 through 20 say this. They say, be subject to your masters. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrow while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin, you're beaten and you endure? But if you do good and suffer for it when you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Now, for these servants at the time of this writing, they're like household servants. So they have a varying degree of how they are, are to work the different degrees of compensation. Some are treated nicely. Some are not treated so nicely. But one common thing is that um, they often like earned their freedom, if you will. So they worked for their master for a time. And then after they served their stay, if you will, they got to be free or have a choice. Would you like to be free or would you like to stay and work for the master? And some of them decided to be free. Others decided to stay. It was up to them, kind of like an indentured servant kind of thing. The closest thing that we have to our society today, like what's being described here, is the employee-employer relationship. When we go into work tomorrow, right? You're going to do that. I'm going to do that. Our employer basically buys our time. And we're expected to do as they say for that time, right? As we work for them. Just like this passage is saying. Sometimes those managers over us, sometimes they're just, sometimes they're unjust. Sometimes we're treated well, sometimes we're not treated well as employees. I've had a lot of different jobs in my life. I've worked at Panda Express. I've worked at a pottery barn. I've worked for the school system. um, I've worked in a coffee shop. A lot of different kinds of work. And some of my bosses treated me nicely, and some of them did not. Can you guys relate to that? Maybe there's a point in your life when you could relate to that. Maybe you're relating to that right now. One thing I want us to remember when we walk into work tomorrow is that I want us, what I see uh, the Bible teaching us here is that we're to lose our expectations of title. Lose your expectations of title. Here's what I mean by that. I mean that when we walk into work, we're primarily and firstly children of God. When I walk into work, though I have maybe some higher educational degrees than the guys I work with, I'm first a child of God. Though there are other labels that I wear, I'm first a child of God. Before I'm a husband, before I'm a father, I am a child of God. And I want us to walk into um, our works as children of God because that's what God's word teaches us to do. That's what um, God's explaining for us here. Walk into work as a child of God. Walk into work as someone who's free in Christ, but serving in that capacity at work by choice. 
Lose those titles. Be the biggest loser in that sense. Listen to what Jesus said to his followers, to his disciples. He said, was with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. I also want us to remember to walk into work leaving a trail of grace. If you're in a, a place in work where maybe you're not treated well all the time, think about how you can leave that trail of grace. Because in these verses they're saying when we endure the um, experience of the unjust boss, if you will, that's a gracious thing. We can leave grace as we're in that uh, experience. I mentioned that I worked at a coffee shop for a time. Back around 21, 22 years old, I, I got a job as a barista. And this is a time in my life where I got a new job and I kind of had this new walk with Jesus. I began to walk with God very closely, began to be in the Word, began to be in prayer, began to be around God's people in the church, and it was a good time for me. Well, my bosses at that uh, coffee shop didn't see it like that. They didn't like that I didn't want to work on Sundays. They would make fun of me for not wanting to work on Sundays. They would actually schedule me at times 9.30 to 10.30 because they knew that's when church was. And they say things to me like, man, I bet all the church doors are open. Not sure why you're not there and things like that, you know, like things that really made me feel put down. It was a hard spot to be in, to be under those uh, unjust managers, if you will. But there was grace in it. I remember one specific day where uh, this guy and girl manager were working. I'm standing there, like, just cleaning the espresso machine and whatever and whatnot, right? And they're standing behind me, and they're, like, flirting and googly-eyeing at each other or whatnot, you know? And I'm just, like, working away. And I remember one of them said, hey, Josh, so what's that ring on your finger? Um, it's not on your ring finger. It's, like, on the other hand. Like, why do you have a ring on? You're not married. And I'm like, all right, here we go, <laughs> you know? And I said, well... This ring that I had, it was on this finger at that point, right? Um, it basically, long story short, um, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, meaning that I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I believe that uh, I am Jesus and he is mine, and he commands me to save myself physically for uh, the woman that I'm going to marry. And so uh, according to that promise, I remind myself of that by wearing this ring. And they stood absolutely, absolutely still. <laughs> Their eyes were like this big, right, like grapefruits. And they're staring at me, and you could have heard a pin drop in that coffee cart, right? And the girl looks at me, and she says, that is so cool. <laughs> and then the guy looks at her and looks at me, looks at her, looks at me, and says, yeah, man, totally cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. The times that I was mistreated in that coffee cart, I had a choice. I could walk out and say, you know what? They're treating me wrongly. They're treating me unjustly. I can just go. Or I can stay and pray that I get a chance to share the gospel with them. If I would have just booked it and left in those times of mistreatment, they may have never heard that story of grace from my life. Think about you. How about in your place of work? Think about how you can leave a trail of grace as God's commanding us to do in this passage. What, think about you and your surroundings on your Monday through Friday. The next thing I see that this passage is teaching us is to remember our identity in Christ, to follow the example of Christ. Read along with me uh, verses 21 through 24. Scripture says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, 
leaving for you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return, but he suffered and did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And what sweet words those are, what sweet words we got to sing together as we praise God together. Be the biggest loser like Christ was in the sense of allowing other people to experience grace by following the example of Christ. These verses are teaching us to follow the example of Christ, and it spells out what that looks like. Examples are very important to follow, wouldn't you agree? I remember that uh, just this last weekend, my son Josiah and I, Josiah's five, uh, we had like a guy's weekend. Mom and sisters were away, and we were there, um, had a few meals out together, <laughs> and we bought a little Lego to build together, right? And I remember I'm like doing some, some work that I needed to do in the house, and Josiah brings up this Lego, and he's like, Dad, I really want to build this Lego right now. And I'm like, hey, bud, we got to wait a little bit while I do this work, then I'll build Lego with you, right? He's like, okay, fine, but I really want to build it right now. And I said, Josiah... I'll open the box for you, and if you want to try to build it yourself, you can. And in like 15 minutes, I'll come and help you, okay? He says, okay. So I take out the Lego, and I watch my son do something that I was like super proud of, man to man, okay? He gets out the instructions, and he follows the instructions (laughs) on how to build this Lego, right? He begins to look at the example, and I watch him. He's got this Lego out. And he's looking at the example, looking at the Lego, and he's putting the pieces on carefully. And he's even getting frustrated. He's even getting a little mad at times. But he works through it, flips one page, flips the next. And pretty soon he comes to me and he has this like whole like Batman boat Lego built. He's like, look, Dad, look, I totally just built this Lego. And I'm like, buddy, I am so proud of you that you fought through the struggle, right? That you, though you're frustrated with the pieces you didn't know what to do with, there's your outcome, right? You worked hard for that. And maybe that's us. Maybe that's, maybe that's you and me. God gives us these pieces of life, and we don't know how to put them together. But God is saying here, in your workplace, even when you're experiencing unjust bosses, follow the example of Christ, and you'll, you'll, you'll see that, that complete outcome of how people can see God's grace through you. Examples are very important to follow, and we're told here, follow the example of Christ in your workplace every day with, your, with those that are above you, with those in authority. It makes me think of another time when I was in college, and uh, I didn't cook so well in college, and I still don't cook so well. <laughs> um, but my wife's an awesome cook, so awesome, very good. <laughs> um, and I remember when I was in college, I tried to make these French fries, these like frozen bagged French fries, right? And my friend was with me, and his name was also Josh. So I'm like, hey, do you know how to make these? He's like, no idea. So, like, let's follow the example. Like, on the bag, it, like, actually has pictures. Like, rip, bag, pour into, like, pot, right? Like, okay, can't possibly mess this up, and we're super hungry and really skinny, right? So, I'm married now, and I'm fatter, and he's married now, and he's fatter, and that's good, right? But it was not always like that. So, uh, we're trying to, like, make these french fries, right? We're trying to follow the example, and it says, um, heat oil to 400 degrees. Okay. So I get the pot out, and I put the oil in, and I start turning it on high, burner on high, right? Oil starts bubbling. I'm like, 
How do we tell when it's 400 degrees? We use a thermometer. We don't have a thermometer. What do we do, man? He's like, well, it's bubbling. Let's throw a french fry in and just see how it goes. And so we do. We throw this frozen french fry into the oil. And this thing, <laughs> I kid you not, in like 0.35 seconds, stands straight up, turns black, and starts like spinning in the pot, right? And we're like, dude, this is not good. I don't want to eat that, <laughs> you know? Um, so he's like, yeah, this is not good, man. It's like getting warm and bubbling. We're feeling the warmth. I'm like, dude, we got to find a way to cool this down. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to lift this pot up and put it under the sink, and I want you to turn that water on on this um, oil, like right when I, uh, you know, put it over there. And he's like, all right, man, on three, right? So we go like one, two, three. And he turns on the water, and I take this oil, and I like pull it over under the sink, and all of a sudden, like, the water hits the oil, and like this big, crazy cloud just past me, past him. It's like time was like in slow motion at this point. And I drop the burning vat of oil. It, like, washes around the sink, gets on the ground. I actually slip on it a little bit. And him and I run out of the, um, of the apartment. I'm running out. And I'm remembering as I'm running out of the apartment, like, I'm like, something's on my shoe. And when I kind of collect myself, I notice that the oil that I stepped in, it burned the bottom of my shoe. And there's, like, pieces, like, sticks and rocks, like, stuck, like, in the bottom of my shoe. <laughs> But I lived, you know, and I was really hungry after that. So, you know, you're like right in front of the girls' dorms looking hungry, and that's not a bad place to be because they usually come out and feed you something. Anyway, so different story for a different time. But anyhow, bottom line is examples are very important to follow, and though that's a funny story, that could have gone really bad, right? I mean, I didn't even know till afterward, like, dude, we could have burned the place down, we could have gotten, like, very hurt ourselves. That experience could have been very disastrous since we didn't follow the instructions, right? But think about this. Think about if, what if we don't follow the instructions that the Bible is giving us here about how to follow the example of Jesus? How disastrous could it be if we walk into our workplaces saying, nope, I'm casting the example of Jesus aside, I'm just going to do and say what I want. Next time someone pops off at me, I'm going to pop off at them. I'll murmur under my breath, maybe do what they say. I'll kind of just like hurt them in my mind and just go my merry way or whatever. How disastrous can that be if you forfeit an opportunity to be a gospel example to them, if you will? Yes, you might look like the biggest loser, but you know what? When you're following the example of Jesus, that's okay because the outcome is that they get to experience the grace that we say that we believe in. So how much do we really have to submit? The Bible's teaching us that we're to submit and it gives us the example of Jesus on the cross. When he hung up there, people were still mistreating him. They were hurling insults at him. And you know what Jesus said back to them? He actually prayed for them. And he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Try saying that next time your boss like totally puts you down or, or says something unkind to you or maybe a customer does or something like that, someone you work with. The Bible goes on. I mean, it just, just doesn't stop with follow Jesus. It, it, it tells you what Jesus, uh, what he was like. It says that no deceit, look at that, these verses here. It says no deceit was found in his mouth, meaning that he did not seek to vilify anyone. Think about your workplace. Are people vilifying other people at any point in your workplace? Think about yourself. 
the words that come out of our mouths, my mouth, do they seek to vilify anyone? It says there's, he did not revile, meaning though um, lots of abuse and heaps of kinds of abuse were put on him, he didn't return that. It says that there was no threatening word that came out of his mouth. How about you? Have you ever felt threatened at work? What comes out of our mouths next? What Jesus did do is he trusted God. It says that he continually trusted God. Trusting that God would be the just judge. It says, when it says here that we're to follow the example of Jesus, like the word literally means like to trace, right? So like um, you guys remember maybe when, like when I was a kid, okay, I had these comic books and I really wanted to be able to draw the comic book characters um, like the, the artist did. And so what I did is, you know, it wasn't going very well. So I threw my uh, blank white piece of paper to the side and my crayons and I went to the store and I bought a tracing book and some tracing pencils. And I would take my tracing paper, and I'd put it over the comic book, and I would trace with the pencils, right? And then, boom, my favorite, you know, hero, Spider-Man, is like, you know, up on my wall in my room and on the, on the fridge, right? And I'd have friends that come over, and they'd say, dude, did you draw that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, my pen was on that paper, right? Well, kind of. We're, we're to follow that example of Jesus, you know, um, I can't claim that I drew that, right? The author of that comic book, he drew that, correct? I just traced his artwork. It's kind of like us with the example of Jesus. When we follow that example, Jesus gets the credit for that. He is the author and perfecter of our faith, as the Bible says. We simply follow him in doing that work that he has laid out before us. So when we go to work on our Monday through Friday, wherever we're at, and whenever we're under authority such as that, I want us to target others with grace because I see that's what the Bible's teaching us to do. God commands us to target others with grace just like Jesus did. Jesus modeled complete submission. And we're commanded in the scriptures here by God to follow Jesus' example. How do you think that sounded to these servants or slaves in the time that Peter was writing? These Christian servants and slaves, there was a lot at stake for them, right? Because if they didn't work for their masters, there's a lot of things that could have happened, right? They may not be able to eat that day. They may not earn, if they earned a wage, they may not earn any wage. I think, you know, that's not too far from me. I'm seeking with my employer, you know, regardless of how he asks me to do something or when he asks me to do something, even if I'm treated wrongly, I need to remember that I'm here to first glorify my Jesus, right? To make him look very good and there to, to put food on the table for my family. So think about how all the gracious works we can do when we're following Jesus' example here of really being the biggest loser in front of others so that others can experience grace. Think about Jesus hanging on the cross to display God's grace. And think about how that affects our work week. Remember your identity in Christ. Remember your identity in Christ. Verse 25 says, For we were straying like sheep, 
but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. We were once straying like sheep, and now we've returned to God. It's as if what Peter is saying here, really what God is saying here, is that though these words, they sound hard, like they're hard to listen to about um, obeying even the unjust master, that he reminds us of, of what grace that we stand in now. If we humble ourselves and we follow the example of Christ in our workplaces, that invites those around us who may be straying, who may not know God, that invites them to know Jesus, right? Think about the mess that we were in without Jesus. Think about how he pulled us out of that. Think about those you work with. Are they, are their lives a mess? Are they in a mess? Because they don't, maybe they don't know Jesus. How can you influence that? How can you affect that? The way that we work influences that and affects them and either pushes them away from God or can be an opportunity for them to come close to God. Maybe you feel like, excuse me, you're still in a mess. Maybe it's time for you to get close to Jesus on Jesus' terms and not on your own terms. You, following the example of Christ, as these scriptures teach us, as God teaches us, could influence someone's eternity. Or maybe you're in a mess and you're hearing all these things about Jesus and you're not sure what to do with them because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't know Jesus. God has invited us to share in the grace that he offers As believers, as people that believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, let's remember that we were once straying and come close to Jesus. Why wouldn't we want to do that? Remember your identity in Christ. Remember that we were like sheep going astray at one point. And remember that we were once lost, but now we're found. And I want to leave you with a challenge in closing today. Are you willing to be the biggest loser like Jesus was? Are you willing to follow Jesus' example when you walk into work tomorrow? When I walk into work, I think about, okay, I got to go and I got to punch in and then I got to make sure that I get this ready and that ready and I hop onto that task and whatever. I think that God's word is teaching me that I need to go into work on Monday saying, okay, I'm a child of God and I'm going to show mercy to my coworkers and I'm going to show mercy to, uh, to my bosses this morning and the whole day. That's, that's my every second task is to show mercy through the way that, and grace through the way that I work. So are you willing to be the biggest loser like Jesus was so that others can be invited to follow Jesus? Are you willing to let Jesus set the tone of your work week rather than the mediocrity and possible hostility toward unjust masters or unjust bosses that we may encounter? That's what I want to do tomorrow because I believe that's what God is commanding me from his word, and I want us to do the same. That's what I want for me, for you, for our whole church. So will you pray with me in closing? God, we, we praise you so much for the authority of your word that um, 
you teach us your gracious ways that you command us to follow you. Thank you that this word uh, displays to us that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. And I pray that if there's anyone here today that is thinking, man, I don't know if I know Jesus. I don't know if, um, if I even have a relationship with God. May they know and believe today that their sins, the wrong things that, that we've done, they separate us from you. But help them to know that they can believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the wrong things they've done. They can take faith in that and have confidence they have a relationship with you that we might all become, so to speak, the biggest loser just like you did, Jesus, so that we may show others the grace of God. We ask these things in your name, Lord. Amen.